Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 22 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. Coming up on today's show, going to be joined by Andy Lally as we get a chance to talk road racing and get to know Andy and talk about his background and such when he joins us coming up in just a few moments from right now. As always, we are presented by Whataburger. Don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot and prepared just like you like it. Want to have the fingers and cheese on that? No problem. They've got you covered. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. David Starr joins us right now. David, how we doing? Man, we're doing great, man. Good to see you guys. I, uh, been a busy week and, uh, man, Talladega was pretty awesome, but, uh, finally got home Sunday night and, uh, man, I've been slam busy ever since. Dominic Oregon from the RacingExperts.com is also here. Dom, how we doing? Doing good, Tyler. Happy to be here. Episode 22. We're almost, what, like half a year into this podcast. That's crazy when you think about it like that. These things just keep clicking off and, gosh, really looking forward to today's show. No doubt about it. And, David, you had a nice run at Talladega. The rain called off the race a little bit early, but nonetheless, you find yourself in 16th position, avoiding that crash at the end of the race. Walk us through that last lap before the uh, race was called off. How did you avoid all those cars around you there? Man, I always say by the grace of God, you know, there's a country song, Jesus take the wheel. Got out carry underwood. That's really, uh, that was kind of true, you know, but, you know, Talladega and Daytona, it's, it's, uh, man, they're such awesome races. And uh, I love those races, especially later in my career, because, uh, you know, People know, understand that our racing team, we're not, we're not multi-million dollar organizations. So we're one of the low funded racing teams. So for us to go to Talladega, Daytona, sometimes Martinsville, Bristol, it's kind of the great equalizer. You know what I mean? It can take a car that has a, not a very big financial budget behind it. And you can compete against a, a, a Penske car or a, Hendrix or Junior, you know what I mean? So, uh, but when I go to those racetracks, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting how you want to, uh, how you look at the race, how you're going to run the race. And man, over the years, I've always, no matter where you qualified, you always want to go to the front, run in the front, you know, running in the front is probably one of the safest places to be there in Daytona and Talladega, but getting to the front sometimes is, is the risk of it, you know? And, uh, I had a great car. My car sucked up well at Talladega, and uh, I think I started, I don't even remember where I started, 26th, 27th, and, uh, man, I learned early on my car was good. It sucked up good, uh, and I just said, you know, I, I'm going to start the race. I'm going to get in line, and I'm going to slow slow my line down. I'm going to get about six or seven cars behind me, and I'm going to put a little bit of real estate in between myself and the lead pack, and why I do that is to give you – an opportunity to escape something if the big one happens. It doesn't always work that way, uh, but but it has worked that way well over the past, you know, 10, 12, 13 years. And, um, and you want to be there at the end to give yourself a shot at trying to win or having a great finish. I don't have a problem with wrecking with five laps to go or the last lap or two laps to go. I just – I'm very disappointed with myself if I wreck on lap seven or lap 27, you know what I mean? And I'm always thinking, what am I doing? But you can see when you're up there racing with that league group, man, when you're 
you know, the guy that's leading the deal, the, the lower lane will get a run and the guy on the outside will cut off the guy on the, on the, uh, on the bottom. And it wasn't three or four years ago. I had a great car and was running in the top. I was running third at the time. And, and man, the, the guy in front of me was, we were, I was actually running behind the leader and we had a little bit lead. The inside lane was coming and the leader right in front of me turned left to block the inside guy from getting a big run and, dude, it created such a big wreck, took me out of the race. And I was thinking, why? Why? You know, what was the purpose in that? But I, uh, you know, talking about Talladega Saturday, I was very conservative. I didn't want to start really racing hard until about eight laps to go. Uh, like you were saying, they said 20 laps to go. And I kind of wanted to see what I had with some stronger cars. And I was just running behind the lead, the lead pack. I passed about four or five of them. And I came off turn two, and all of a sudden, man, all hell broke loose. And I don't know exactly what happened, but uh, they, they were spinning, and my spotter was telling me, hey, ease up, go high, go low. And uh, like I said, Jesus took the wheel, and, <laughs> and he got us through that. That was luck. And then, and then before we ever got the race started again, the rains came, and uh, we I believe we ended up 16th, you know, and uh, – uh, I thought we were better than that. When I say I passed four or five guys on the, on the lap before the wreck happened, I was just testing to see what I had, you know, and I had somebody behind me helping me, and I was pretty happy with that. I think when a wreck was happening, uh, man, I was on the brakes doing whatever I could do, and I think five or six of those guys that I had passed that blew back by me, you know what I mean? So they gave us 16th. I thought it was better than that. But, man, that's just Talladega Daytona. I was just – disappointing because I wanted to be there at the end to run for a greater finish than 16th. But, you know, all in all, we can sit here and say, hey, 16th's not very good, but they could have started the race back up, and five laps later they could have had a big one, and then I could have had a, a car that was a throwaway car. You know what I mean? So Carl Long was happy. Hey, we got out of there with the top 20, and it, it was great. It was a good race. And, man, I was really glad to see the, uh, Jed Burton finally get him a win, so that was kind of cool to see that happen. Yeah, certainly so. And we're looking forward in the future to having Jeb on the show and such. And that will be great to talk to him. But I, I got to ask you real quick, uh, that wasn't the only time you were on track this weekend. You also made a trip over to Coda, an overnight red-eye to get over there from Talladega. Tell us about uh, getting back at uh, Coda once again. Uh, you, you were there in the offseason as well. Yeah, well, we'll bring our guest on Andy Lally here in a minute. And he's, man, the guy's an incredible road racer, one of the all-time best. But I was just going over there to try to figure out the racetrack. You know what I mean? We got a race coming up there, and, and I really don't know how to get around the place. I went there earlier in December and got to run two or three hours there. But, you know, after uh, being there all day Sunday and, and, and testing a Trans Am 2 car, uh, I feel like I'm a little bit more confident on, on how to drive the racetrack, but I have a lot to learn and uh, very technical, very challenging racetrack, you know, and that's a race that a lot of us guys are going to have to qualify our way in. And uh, it's going to be a challenging, uh, it's going to be challenging to even make the race, but I felt like I needed to learn the racetrack a little bit more. But anytime you start turning left, I mean, start turning right, and you got elevation changes, and I mean, you're shifting gears. I'm lost. I mean, that's just the facts, you know. So uh, hopefully I, I help myself a little bit, and we can make that race here in about a month, you know. So, yeah. But, man, we were was a busy weekend, a fun weekend, and uh, and it was awesome. 
That's great to hear. Now we're going to bring in Andy Lally. And David, before we bring in Andy, tell us what the folks at home need to know about Andy. Give him the grand introduction. <laughs> well, I mean, one of, probably one of the nicest, hardest, one of the best road racers I know, I mean, of all time. I mean, you, you know, you just look at, I know Andy Lally. He's a great guy. He's a great race car driver. But I was, I looked up, I never looked him up, looked like at what his accomplishments are, man. And, and, and I just, I mean, I wrote it down. 1994 Gold Cup champion, 1996 NESCCA Road Rally Series champion, 2001 Grand Am Rolex Series champion, 2004 Grand Am champion, 2004 Grand Am champion, five-time Rolex 24-hour Daytona champion. I mean, I, I mean, on and on and on. I mean, owns Grand Am records, most GT wins. I mean, it just goes in. We could sit here for an hour and talk about his accomplishments, you know what I mean? But, I mean, and one heck of a NASCAR racer. I remember when Andy won the 2011 uh, rookie of the year in the NASCAR Cup Series. I mean, the guy's just done it all. You know, he's amazing. Like I said, I consider him probably the best road racer in the United States to present now. But I'm glad to have him on our podcast. And welcome to our show, Andy. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was, that was quite an introduction. I, I don't know <laughs> if I can take ownership of best road racer in the U.S., but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be able to do what I do and thankful for being able to do what I do. And uh, when I can kind of cross over and jump onto the, to the NASCAR side, uh, it's, that's where my dream of racing started back when I was a kid. So it is absolutely uh, uh, a real pleasure to be able to get invited by some teams when the, when the road courses roll around to, to, uh, to come play. I'd still love to do the ovals again. Um, and had a blast doing that, but obviously my, most of my opportunities come when uh, when the road courses uh, keep getting added to the schedules here. So I, I'm rooting for more and more road courses. Hopefully we see a street course soon, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to jump into a decent seat and try to try to check off the very last box on my uh, my racing goal is to to win in one of the big three. So that's uh, that's that's still what I'm chasing. And still, what I'm going after, and still what I'm trying to uh, make that dream come true. Man, if I if I was a bet man, I, I I would bet that you're probably going to get one of those big threes, you know, sometime in the near future, you know. And uh, man, it's just kind of it's cool to have you on our podcast. Thank you. But Andy, you know, man, so much success as a road racer, and you know, you've done so much in your career. And your career, I mean, your career still, I mean, you're still going hard at it, which is really cool. But can you share with us a little bit about, man, you know, take us back to the start. Uh, was your dad involved? I mean, how did you get start in racing? I mean, how did that come? I mean, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about how it all started and what, you know, enlighten us on if, that. If we're going all the way back to the very beginning, uh, one – I did not have a single family member uh, that I grew up with that had any interest in auto racing. <laughs> Myself, wow. as a young kid, I had everything that I had with wheels on it. And I've told this story a hundred times, but I'll tell it again. <laughs> <laughs> everything I had with wheels on, we lived in a young neighborhood. It was a lot of young families. 
And uh, everything that I had with wheels on it from my Fisher Price little six wheel truck to um, my, my wagon uh, to my big wheel, I would push up this big grassy hill that was like between a bunch of the houses and stuff. And I would like ride that thing down the hill and, and I'm three, four years old at this point. I have vague memories of this. I've got a bunch of pictures of my grandma standing at the top of the hill, like waiting for me, my dad with me. And I would just ride down and they were just, they must've just been like, this kid is so simple. <laughs> you know, I, I blast down the hill and then it takes what, for what seems like, you know, forever and a whole lot of energy as a kid pushing your big wheel back up that hill. And one day my neighbor who, where his garage was, was near the top of that hill, came out of his house in a garage uh, came out of his garage in a go-kart and he was zooming across and I noticed the speed, you know, and these are, I was five at the time mm -hmm. and uh, I noticed the speed and I noticed that it's a little car and that he's not pedaling. He's not pushing. He's not whatever. And so the, you know, your brain at that point is like, I, I just remember being like what, what essentially is starstruck. Like David, his name was David is is in a little car and he got to the top of the hill and he zoomed down the same hill that I just went down in my big wheel, but like way faster. But then the coolest thing in the world happened. He turned around and he stayed in his go-kart and he went back up the hill all by itself without having to push the thing. And my mind exploded. And I was, I, my dad was with me and I'm like, we need that stat. <laughs> and uh, it and I, I was like I need that I I didn't even, I didn't know what to call it uh, I don't remember if he told me it was a go kart uh, eventually you know it's stored in my brain that that was a go kart somebody eventually told me I just thought it was a kid in a something that looks sort of like what I ride down the hill but it goes up the hill without me having to take an hour to push it all the way up the hill to enjoy fifteen <laughs> seconds of of craziness going down the hill so. At that point, I started bothering my parents for a go-kart. And that conversation went like, can I get one of those? And it was no. And then I'm like, how about when I'm six? No. How about when I'm seven? And the negotiation started until I just got annoying. And I got up to, how about when I'm 10? He's like, fine, when you're 10, you have a go-kart. Shut up. Let's go back inside. And we, that concluded the day. And I'd seen the go-kart a few more times. And it was like, it was electrifying to me. It was, it was, it was everything. And I got into racing, but just casually because, you know, so this is like early eighties and there's no YouTube. There's no, everything I see in racing is whatever's on TV. There's no cable back then. There's no, none of this stuff. So like I would catch the Daytona 500 and some big races and occasionally I, you know, I remember seeing the Indy 500, but not being like super stoked on it. But my early racing heroes were uh, like Richard Petty was definitely one of them. Bobby Allison was one, Neil Bonnet. I wanted to be in the Alabama gang before <laughs> I could point to Alabama on the map. And that is, uh, that's my love of racing went from this kid's go-kart to NASCAR. And but and I had no idea how to get there. I had nobody on. I grew up in New York on Long Island, and the circle of friends that I had in the area that I lived, nobody raced anything. 
the east side, you know, out east at Riverhead and, and a handful of guys, Steve Park grew up not too far from me, yeah. but like I wasn't in that circle. So my plan wasn't so much a plan. I, I finally got a go-kart when I was uh, 12 and uh, started racing when I was 13. And uh, it's really a crazy story. I, I played sports growing up. I play every, I still play everything, but like I played organized sports. The last thing that I was in was soccer. And when I was 15 years old or 14 years old, I went to my soccer coach that I'd been playing for for years and years. And I'm like, coach, Mr. Pete, uh, I got to quit. And he's like, he, he's taken back because he's like, man, I, you've been playing your whole life just about. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be a race car driver and I race go-karts now. And we race on Sundays and the soccer games are on Sundays. So naturally, I'm going to have to quit soccer because I'm racing. I'm going to be a race car driver. He's like, you're going to be a race car driver. And I'm like, yep. And he's like, uh, how are you, you going to do that? What are you going to? And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. He's like, he's like, do you know I'm a crew chief for an SCCA team? And I'm like, what is SCCA? And no, that's awesome. And through that relationship, I got – I got my soccer coach back into go-kart racing. He raced go-karts back in the sixties when he was a kid and was just like way into it. And I got him back into go-kart racing and we did that for about a year and a half or two. He did that for about a year and a half or two years. And he introduced me to the team owner that he works for and sitting at a diner over just a handshake deal after BSing for about an hour and a half. He made me a three race offer to be his teammate in the car that he owns. And it's just regional, like Northeast stuff yeah. where we would, uh, we would run Bridgehampton. We would run Pocono, uh, Summit Point, Lime Rock, New Hampshire. Those, those tracks uh, in, in those areas, Nelson Ledge is out in Ohio. And um, we did three races at Bridgehampton, Summit Point, and Pocono. There's a road course on the inside of Pocono. And, and you're, uh, you're 13. No, 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 no. This is when I, that's when I, I was 13 and 14 when my, I got my soccer coach in. I was 17 at this okay. I was a senior in high school. Okay. And uh, it was a three race deal. And that turned into a three year deal where uh, wow. Walter Simmendinger, Pete Matson was my soccer coach. And then Walter Simmendinger uh, is the guy that mentored me, took me for three years, two years in touring cars. And then he got a formula car, formula 500 car. And he basically, he sponsored me. We ran out of his shop and, I, I'm a horrible mechanic. Uh, I kind of half-assed tried <laughs> learning a little bit. I mean, I've got the basics down, but you would never bring a car to me and be like, Hey, fix this. I can take it apart. Uh, but it, it's probably not going to go back together with all the same pieces. But that was, that was my introduction to racing. And I had no idea. I, I remember my soccer coach being like, what's the plan? And I, and I said to him, I'm like, I'm probably going to race go-karts for a while. And then uh, what I'm probably going to do is jump into sprint cars, like the ones I see on Thursday Night Thunder. And then hopefully if I do good in that, Roger Penske might call me or, or Rick Hendrick or whatever at the time. Jack Roush was huge at the time. Um, and maybe I'll go NASCAR racing or maybe I'll do the Indy 500. And he's like, yeah, you're going to do go-karts, sprint cars, and go to stock cars, huh? Is that <laughs> And I'm like, I, I, what else is there? I mean, there's monster trucks. I see monster trucks on TV. Uh, what, is, there, is there other things? I just didn't understand how many rungs were on the ladder. 
you got to dream big, buddy. You got to dream big. But man, I, I think I think it's cool. I think I, I love hearing this story, man. You're three, four years old. And, man, I talk about my big wheel all the time because when I was a kid, I raced my big wheel, man. It was like – that was a big thing, racing our big wheels in, in the yeah. cul-de-sac where we lived. And, man, you're, your grand, grandmother, your grandparents, you push yourself up the hill, you go down the hill, you got to work your tail off to get it back up, up there. And it's your neighbor, David, that appears in a in – a, go-kart and that that's what did it for you that's a very that is such a cool story and then the soccer coach dude who would ever thought that the soccer coach knew anything about racing and he worked for a racing team dude that's that's amazing man amazing and if honestly if it wasn't for those people in my life i'd be a a welder in a fab shop in in new york i probably would have taken over my dad's business or i'd be a firefighter um Probably retiring firefighter right about. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I'd be retired with like a pension right now. Yeah, it's been a minute. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't – I was a horrendous child. I was a horrible youth. I was – I should have been put down when I was like 15. I was such a jerk. Um, but it, if it wasn't for racing, that, that straightened my life out. Uh, from quite a um, mischievous, rambunctious man, I, w- I was just an ass. I, I was a jerk, and, but and I, I got, I had that opportunity. I realized that that opportunity was huge, and uh, that turned my life around. That that squared me up, put me on the straight and narrow, and uh, uh, helped helped motivate me to to basically learn. Uh, about what I need to be doing next, and that was it's hard. To, it's hard to it's it's interesting to hear <clears> you say that. And here's why, uh, and I think Dominic and Tyler would agree with me. You're such a great guy, you know. I think everybody knows you. I mean, you're a hard charger. I mean, you you don't you don't give anybody an inch on the racetrack because when they drop the green, <laughs> we're at war. Thanks, you know buddy. I mean? Yeah, but man. You're such a good guy to to hear you as a Helligan is amazing. You know what I mean? Because I, because I, talking to you and knowing you. I would have never thought that, you know. Man, I, we can't. I can't share too many stories on <laughs> on, on here, but uh, you know, we, I, yeah, I, I, a lot of my personality now, lifestyle now, comes from being such the opposite when I was younger and naive, and didn't really understand long-term implications for actions that I committed. And uh, it's one of those things that when you do crazy stuff like that, when you're, when you're that young, um, it, it, it also helps you put other stuff into perspective. It also helps you keep calm in pretty crazy situations as you get older, because you've kind of been there, done that and some stuff. So um, it, it definitely, I give, a lot of young people a second chance and the benefit of the doubt often because I can see how much I changed. I mean, I really can't put into words. Is this PG 13? Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> good. you're good. You're good. Okay. I can't put into words how much of an asshole I was when I was a kid. I, yeah. I it's, it's tough. And I, 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 uh, 
but it, there, there was a light bulb point. There was a point where finally, after lesson, after lesson, after lesson, after bad example and bad example and bad example and the wrong friends and the wrong group and, and, and not always being innocent. Um, it was, uh, the light bulb went off and it just, it changed. So I, I try to, I try to help convey that message to others. It's tough because I'm sure I, I'm sure somebody tried to convey that message to me and man, when you're just that dumb and thick headed and, and on a charge, like you think, you know, what's going on at a, at a, you know, in your middle teens there, there's some people, there's no help until they, they, they see their own light. So, uh, yeah, but I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for those things and thankful for coming out the other end, uh, switched and a better person for that and, and they able to able to be empathetic in a lot of situations where uh i find myself in a middle ground in a lot of arguments where i can put myself in everybody's shoes because i've been in a lot of different pairs of shoes <laughs> and and uh so yeah i i, I it's uh it, it's definitely been quite a journey so far sounds like it yeah. Well, Andy, along that journey, too, you made your first NASCAR National Series starts in your early 30s in 2007 in the trucks and the Xfinity. What was that journey like to that point to be able to make those first starts in the National Touring Series? So cool. Um, <laughs> my, my first NASCAR start was with uh, JTG. Before it was JTG Darty, uh, they were in the Wood Brothers shop, sharing the back of the shop. And I had essentially I had pressed every team owner that I worked with for years and years and years in on the sports car side, like, Hey, you should try stock car racing. You should try. And I finally got one to, to try and do that. And uh, we, there was JTG. There was only two road course races on the schedule uh, at that time in the, what was the Bush series Xfinity now. And that was Montreal and Watkins Glen. And they had a driver that was a great short track driver. Um, I'm just blanking on the name. Kelly Byers. Yeah. Good dude. Really good short track driver. Um, was doing good on the speedways, but just didn't ever have an opportunity to drive a lot of road course stuff. So I got to jump in the 47 Clorox car before AJ was in it, before uh, Ambrose was in it. And, and I got to race that car wow. at Montreal and at Watkins Glen. And so I did, and I did, bush before i did truck or anything like that and uh we were running really strong at montreal uh I, we were in the top six or eight uh ambrose was my teammate um so my first race was that crazy race at montreal with robbie gordon and ambrose <laughs> and everybody doing tagliani doing like three guys doing donuts at the end because they all won um and, <laughs> and uh we broke a gear on the restart with like 10 to go or something like that. And uh, I came back two weeks later and we raced Watkins Glen and I got my first top 10 in the Bush series back then. And that was, I was the, there was eight cup regulars in the top 10 and I uh, had a great battle with Newman and Denny Hamlin um, in the last couple laps and, and got by him coming out of turn 10 and to put me in the top 10. And that, that wow. was, that was really cool. That was, I think it was JTG's first top 10 in the Bush series. Uh, definitely that year. I don't know if it was ever, probably wasn't ever, but, uh, it was good. And that, that sort of, that was 
I, I remember I climbed out of the car in 2007 at Watkins Glen. We, we secured a top 10 and I sat down on the tailgate and this is, you know, you come out of pit lane and they just direct you back. And, and it's a bit of a hike for the crews to get back yeah. to, to the hauler. So I had a minute where it was just me and none of the team members were around. I sat on the tailgate and I was like, that is so cool. You know, we got, got a top 10 in NASCAR and, and I had to take in that moment because I knew that was my last race that season. And I take a lot of these moments in where I'll just take a minute and appreciate the moment because again, I have no idea if that's going to happen again. So I just kind of took it in, looked at the car, tried to remember the scene and remember cool parts of the race. And uh, like, man, okay, at least we notched the top 10 here. That was as about as good as we could expect. Um, and uh, I'm just, I, I've, I've raced prototypes, GT cars, touring cars, everything along the way. Um, the stock cars on road courses are by far my favorite thing on the planet. I wish it was just a whole series of that. That would be epic. And uh, it, it, it's just so much fun that I, I appreciate it. And uh, even up to this point, after the two races last year, I get out of the car. We had two top fives and two races. And it was like, holy cow awesome just that's the first time i've gone back to back top fives and it was like that's pretty cool and maybe this is my last race ever who knows have no idea but you know live in that moment appreciate that moment i always say that this is not fun for me in the race the the race is thrilling the fun is in a reflection of a job well done at the end of it so if you it you you like a like a boxing match or an mma fight it is not fun to do that it's thrilling it's exciting it's a challenge it, it is a brawl it is a knockdown drag out race and at the end of it if you've accomplished what you've accomplished that is a fun moment to reflect then but your focus is too has to be too laser to really be having fun <laughs> in that sense of, of, of the word man i am awesome at going off on tangents so we love it man that's okay. we, we hear the passion and uh dude it's amazing i mean in 2007 when you when you sit sitting there reflecting by yourself and i mean that's 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 it don't get much better than that your first nascar race or your second nascar race with a great organization. I mean, mm -hmm. the, you know, it was probably their top 10. That was early on in, in their career also as a team. And yeah, uh, yeah. that was a big deal, man. Did you, did you think, man, maybe, maybe going back to when you were a kid wanting to be part of the Alabama game when you didn't know where Alabama was, <laughs> that might've been, man, I might be, I mean, that this is a possibility, you know, and it wasn't too much longer after that. It was a reality, really. It was, and uh, you know, we we we'd done well enough that the the uh, the team that we were working with that we branched out on our own, and uh, we bought the, the team owner bought Michael Waltrip's old stuff, <laughs> wow. uh, or it was actually DW, it was Daryl Waltrip's racing uh, stuff, and and we we went truck racing with we had three or four old trucks and uh, just started. Uh -huh started going to those races. We only got seven. I got seven races in, in the 2008 into the truck series. And they called me up and they're like, Hey, we're out of money. We got to rent the ride out. And uh, we ended up renting the ride out to a 
to a guy that had a space. It was a friend of mine. I was actually, I think I, I think I helped find them, um, find him to, to bring him in. Cause I still wanted our, our mechanics and our, our guys that are hustling, working on the car to have jobs and whatnot. And I, I knew I had a buddy of mine that had some sponsorship that was coming with him and, and he was going to come in and I, I wished him well. And they, at the time, that's when Kevin Harvick was running the trucks and had a really dominant truck team. And, um, they had enough money then to buy some trucks from KHI. At that point, I was, I was out of luck. That was it. I was on the sidelines. I immediately picked up a sports car ride again, and I figured, ah, oh, man, I gave it a shot. I'm still going to give it a shot, but probably that was my only full-time shot. And then um, did some part-time stuff here and there, stayed on the sports car stuff for a while. And then, then uh, when Bobby Labonte was running with TRG, at the end of 2010, uh, some, there was, there was something within the team there that wasn't right. And, and Bobby took off and they basically turned it into a starting park. And, um, they said, Hey man, you've got, uh, I did one race that year already. I did the Watkins Glen cup race. And, uh, they said, Hey, you can start and park the last, five and then you'll you'll be potentially eligible for rookie of the year if we can find you a sponsor next year so i got the start and park five races on ovals in cup and that's that's with like so i did at that point i had done three arca races milwaukee chicago kansas or something like that i think we were kansas and then I did, oh, no, no, Milwaukee, Gateway, Chicago. And then I did seven truck races. So before I did my first cup race, I had literally only had 10 oval races under my belt. I had done like three late model races, and I had done like two legends races. And that was, that was the extent of my stock car career before feet to the fire, going to a single car cup team, with no engineer buying like three-year-old Roush cars. And it was, it was insanely uncompetitive. <laughs> but you know what, but, Andy, you know what I want to say about that? I think it's really cool to hear what little experience you had in stock car racing when they called you up to run the cup stuff. But it, but it also it also says a lot about your skill set and your ability. They had confidence in who they who they were going to hire behind the wheel. So, you know, even though you didn't have much experience on a, a NASCAR stock car type of a race car, you had tons and tons and tons of success. They knew you could get the job done. So they knew I was driven. Awesome. They, they knew I wanted it. Yeah, no, yeah. I. I, I I, I am very thankful for their confidence in me. Um, and uh, it was, it was, it was eye opening. It was tough. Those cars are tough to drive. And this is the COT car. So this is a car, you know, I didn't know any different. So I, it, nothing handles as good as the sports cars and the prototypes and the GT cars I drive. So I get in this and sure it handles like a, a dump truck with a space shuttle engine on it. But <laughs> I, I 
I don't know the difference from the old cars to the whatever. And, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the trucks are flat, like in half the places that we go, cause they make so much side force and they don't have the power of the cup car and you get in a cup car and man, the thing takes off and it goes. So it's really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't, I was stoked. I was happy to have the opportunity. It was so cool to be out there saying that, you know, my first cup start was, was crazy like that. We, it, 2009 was my first cup start. Uh, they brought me in as a second car to David Gilland. Uh, David Gilland had uh, a new sponsor that they had found tax Slayer, which now we see it on RCR and junior cars and stuff that, that got taken from us right away. <laughs> but David had a, we were, David was a go or go homer and I was a go or go homer. And um, we only, we only did, we only got like halfway through practice and both David and I had had an issue. Like the cars just didn't unload really good. And um, we changed some stuff around and kind of threw the kitchen sink at it for qualifying. And I think we went two different directions on the setup and David's car was just a mess. Uh, he ended up unfortunately missing the show and he had gone before me. So I don't, in, in 2009, they let the regulars qualify that were locked in and then the go-to-go homers would all go in, in line at the end. So I guess track conditions would be fairly similar. And that made sense. But David was like one of the first guys out in the go-to-go homer line. And my Kevin comes over and leans in the window and he's like, David didn't make it. You better do this. <laughs> and I was like – Hey. I've been waiting for this moment my whole entire life. I, no one's putting more pressure on me, but you're going to lean in the window and tell me that. Like literally as a, my, my hands like on the ignition, like, oh, oh, okay. okay. Oh, and, um, man, that's awesome. Yeah. But we, we stuck in the field. We, we stuck it at 15th, which was like, I, they just started screaming as we crossed. The, I didn't, I, I thought the lap was good. Okay. Like, I'm like, okay, we're in, like, I came out of, I came through 10 and 11, hit the gas. And, you know, I'm like, okay, just one more shift, you know, grab fourth gear. And you're like, I think this is good. And then they just started screaming on the radio. That's awesome. Man. I, I knew that meant that we were in. And then you walk in Glen, you go through turn one and you do a, you do a U-turn and they're still screaming. I think they're all high-fiving each other. Nobody's telling <laughs> me what the hell's going on. And I, and I pull up to get out of the car and uh, Boris said it qualified. Um, uh, just like a couple cars in front of me. So he, he was getting out of the car and he comes over and pats me on the back and he goes, 15th. That's pretty awesome. And I was yeah, like, 15th? We're 15th? <laughs> y'all won the race right there. The race ain't even started. Y'all won, man. It was, it, my mom is in tears, like right behind the fence over there. It That's was, awesome, it was man. insane. It that was one of the cool. coolest moments of my life. Yeah. I mean, we out qualified that day. Like I'm starting right behind. I'm starting on Tony Stewart's bumper. We out qualified. Wow. You know, Jeff Gordon, one of my heroes. Mark Martin, one of my. It was like I'm looking. At, I I have that grid sheet. You know they they now everything's digital, but they print. The, I don't know if they actually. Do, I don't look anymore because they find everything online. But I kept that grid sheet. You know they would print <laughs> 40 sheets and stick it in a little file on the oh, yeah. on the thing as you come out of the trailer. That was just amazing to see. Um, and. Uh, Oh yeah. Again, one of those reflection moments where you get out of the car and once all the craziness settles down and you're like, we're in the show. Like you find a moment to yourself and be like, we're in the show. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, Andy Lally cool. joining us here on episode 22 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Just a reminder that the folks at Whataburger cook up 100% pure beef 
burgers 24 hours a day. You can get your burger fixed anytime, day or night at Whataburger. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. Uh, Andy, of all the things you've done in your career, what would you say is your most proudest accomplishment at this point? Uh, the... I, I guess what I'm most known for probably, I guess, through uh, as far as accomplishments go, is um, I am um, a five-time winner of the 24 hours of Daytona. That, that puts me third on the all-time win list, and it puts me uh, first in active drivers. So that is, that's a race that I've been going, going to for 25 years now. Uh, it's, it's, a race obviously that is the crown jewel of North American endurance racing. So to come through a tunnel at Daytona, come out the other side, look right to see the grandstands. Like I always do look left to see turn four. If it's not uh, blocked by, by campers there already um, to know that you roll onto the property at Daytona speedway during the 24 hours of Daytona, that you're the winningest active guy there knowing where I started and the, dumb luck and amazing opportunities I've had along the way to end up like that. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, a lot of people would have asked me that. And then they usually follow it up with why isn't it the NASCAR rookie of the year thing. And, and I, I, I never even really take credit for the NASCAR rookie of the year thing. Um, there were some, there was, I didn't even do the full, I, I skipped, um, we had a driver, Hermie Sadler had a, that Virginia's for lovers sponsor. And he, so he took both Martinsville's and one of the Charlotte's and then um, uh, I didn't do Homestead. So I only did like 30 or 32 of those races that year. I can't remember. Uh, nobody was full time. Uh, uh, Brian Keselowski, TJ Bell. Uh, there was somebody else in there. Uh, I'm, the shame that I can't remember right now, but none of us were doing full-time stuff. So we basically, we got, we were rookie of the race for every single race that I was in. Uh, So that was cool. But like you had, you know, Kislowski was running the, uh, even a a lesser budget than we were running. We were running on on a tiny budget relative to the big dogs. He was running something really small. TJ, was running something really small. Um, and so you, you can't really look at it as, as that sort of accomplishment. It's an honor, huge honor, really cool to add my name to, uh, like, you know, Jeff Bodine was a rookie of the year. You know, all these guys, like Jeff Bodine was one of my favorites when I was younger because he's a New Yorker and whatnot. And so to look at that list and see my name on the list is really cool, but I don't, um, that's not something that I beat my chest about. So, Andy, I was going to stop you because I want to I, I just say this. Being a NASCAR driver myself for 24 years, being the 2011 Rookie of the Cup Series Rookie of the Year, that is – there's, like you're saying, Jeff Bodine. That is, uh, that is a huge honor. There's only huge. so many people in the world – can say, hey, I'm a 2000 whatever, 1990 whatever, or 1970 whatever. I mean, all these superstars, all these legendary guys. I mean, that's that's a huge honor. You know what I mean? So, uh, 
that is really cool. I know you don't beat your chest to it, but to have your name uh, implanted forever as a rookie of the year in the NASCAR Cup Series, it's a big deal, man. It's a big it, deal. It, it yeah. is huge. So it, like, yes. inter- like I, I have that trophy with um, a, a front and center with a lot of my other trophies. Absolutely. I'm proud of it. It is. It was so cool. It is. I, I relate that year, that whole season, as two things I say about that, that to put things into perspective. Um, it was the most enjoyment I've had being absolutely miserable for an entire year. Um, so I, I am so thankful for that opportunity. But, oh, my God, was that humbling and and frustrating but an amazing learning experience and i wouldn't trade it for the world um the analogy i use to try to put it into perspective and again i'm not we had amazing people working at that shop you just can't compete with cubic dollars like that um you can't compete with you know we had doug Reichert was my was my crew chief there it's it's him we didn't have we got an engineer like two-thirds of the way through the season and the engineer showed up and he's like, where's the pull-down machine? And he's like, we don't have a pull-down machine. Like, how does a cup team not have a pull-down machine? Absolutely. And he's like, we just, we, we get in for, like, Doug knew a bunch of guys at Roush. And we would get, like, you know, the front end set up off of David Reagan's car. We get the, you know, the, the rear springs and shocks off of Bibli. Like, we would mix match stuff. And, and he was doing so much with so little. It's, it's like getting a chance to stand at home plate at Yankee Stadium Absolutely. and they hand you a wiffle ball bat. <laughs> what are you, you're gonna, you better swing away. Absolutely. Don't bitch about your bat. Don't what you just stand at that plate, dig your feet in, and you be, swing like be, hell, and hopefully something cool happens. Be glad. I swung like hell. Nothing cool happened. <laughs> <laughs> so Andy, what's kind of cool is you just talked about somebody. You know who my crew chief was just Saturday at Talladega? Tell me, Doug. Yes, sir. No way. That's Absolutely, so funny. Absolutely, man. So I love Doug. Awesome, man. Awesome. Good but, man, stuff. it's unbelievable, man. That's it's so cool. awesome to hear your stories, man. That's oh, yeah. amazing. David, uh, David and Andy, real quick, we got time for about two more questions before we need to move on. Dominic, go ahead. Oh, no. I mean, I was just going to ask Andy, kind of I'm backtracking like 10 steps here, but those TRG days when you were – running a race in 2009 you, you do the qualifying you replace bobby labonte I mean, did you ever think back and think wow i'm replacing the guy that won the cup series championship 10 years ago and here i am in the 71 car running week to week to finish off 2010 i will never say that i replaced bobby labonte i got to drive after bobby labonte drove the 71 car yeah. Bobby left on his own terms, and yeah. there was there is no replacement of Bobby Labonte. So I, I I wouldn't say that. But having the opportunity to get into a seat that was freshly vacated by Bobby <laughs> was, was was really cool, and and it was definitely something that uh, again was another holy cow eye opener. Like we 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 go to my I think my first race fortunately was New Hampshire. So I had at least driven the road course at New Hampshire. So I'd gone through one and two uh, on the oval at New Hampshire before we dip into the road course and go outside of the track and come in. But at least it wasn't like a Charlotte or a something where you're like wide open until 2.05 and then just breathing out of it, no break. 
it was two hairpin turns. I drive hairpins all the time. It's cool. I can, I can set this thing up. I've got a brake marker. I trail into the corner. I get back on the gas. It was at least something that was for having, like, we didn't test. I was racing a sports car. I was racing a Porsche the whole year up until like September. And then they're like, get in the car. And it was like, okay, are we going to test? No. Okay, cool. So there's a 90 minute practice session. And of which for people that, people that if you're listening to this podcast i'm sure you're way into racing so you, but still when you get a 90 minute practice session that in reality that probably equates to like 14 minutes of driving time yeah. and and in one of those so you get you do like 12 minutes of driving and then they're like okay you ready to do a mock q run you're like no okay like I, I don't know am i uh, probably not <laughs> uh, and and you then you try to quick, very quickly learn like what Aaron tires does at this track and this track. And what is this? Like how much downforce are we actually going to make at a one mile flat track where we're going to take the grill up and how much more can I ask for coming in? And so when these guys are all rolling their cars off after showing up for like 10 years in a row there, and they've got three other teammates and all this data and 25 engineers and the cars in this window, that's like pretty damn good. And we're like, we have no idea what bars in the front of the car. Like I, 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 it was, um, it was a cluster, but it was, it was awesome. And again, like I, I've got to, I, I will always give props to the, the mechanics and the people that were working on that team that were trying to do so much with, with not a lot. And uh, they worked their tails off and that's gotta be, I mean, when you're driving and, and you're not going, fast it's frustrating but at the end of the day you still get to drive um, working on a car that's not going fast or you got a rookie driver in it that's like hey i've never been to new hampshire I hope i don't wad this thing up in a ball and they're like oh cool that's cool because we just worked monday tuesday wednesday thursday loaded that thing up thursday night got you here don't ball our car up because we're probably going to use this one next week um so it oh man that's People awesome. don't have a clue, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. One, one more question for you before we get to our NASCAR news and notes here, uh, Andy. I, I, I got to know, uh, what are you up to nowadays? We mentioned that you still love the opportunity to get into NASCAR when, uh, when those road courses come up and such. But uh, tell us about what you got going on now with, with sports cars and everything else. I'll keep this one short because I know you guys are looking down at the clock because I keep taking five-minute answers here. But right now, <laughs> I am back in the IMSA WeatherTech Championship. I race for a team called Magnus Racing. I've been with them for 10 years. Uh, we are racing an Acura NSX. It's a GT3 car. It's the worldwide GT3 platform that all the manufacturers are basically getting into. And it is, it is the most used GT class all over the planet. Um, when I can... I'm racing with our motorsports and uh, we'll be at, Oh man, I don't, I haven't announced this yet. Well, I told everybody there's going to be a Coda, <laughs> but it's, it's cool. Might as well tell yeah. them now uh, I'm going to be with our motorsports at Coda. Most people assume that I'm also doing mid Ohio with them. Good. And then after that, um, whatever they call me for, whatever anybody calls me for, I want to do, I want to do all the road courses and the ovals. Uh, I know my opportunities are probably only going to come on the road courses, uh, but uh, so I have uh, Xfinity, I have Indy and Road America and the Charlotte Rover open. So uh, it's uh, those are the other races I want to do this year. Mm -hmm. Any chance you hop in a cup car there, Andy? There is. Um, <laughs> so there was there was talk of a, 
couple of potential cup rides. So I I had two top five finishes with our last year and that got noticed by a handful of people. And that has led to a handful of potential opportunities. There's a really cool potential opportunity for Sonoma right now, but Sonoma is on the same weekend as mid Ohio. So I would have to find a flight. From now, I, I, I'm locked into Mid Ohio. We've got a sponsor for that. My guys, uh, PCL Construction and, and Energy Air uh, and UCC are on board for that, and and they've been they've been great. So I'm definitely not bailing out of Mid Ohio. But if I can find a flight <laughs> from Mid Ohio <laughs> to Sonoma overnight, uh, it looks like uh, there's a teeny chance. I might get to do a cup race. I really want to do a cup at Road America, though. Okay, well, you, think, you can borrow David's private jet. We'll, we'll oh, you got one of those? Cool, uh, cool. Andy, I think you're probably going to find a flight, buddy. That's pretty awesome, man. <laughs> we're excited for you. We're excited for you. We're all fans of yours. You have uh, what you've done in the road racing world, just just all your accomplishments. But when I think of somebody, when somebody says – sports car racing, road racing, I think of Andy Lowley. You know what I mean? That's just what I think Thank of. You, one, one more quick question, and then we'll move on to uh, to what's next, what Tyler has for us. Uh, who was your, who's your idols on the road racing side? Who, who was some of those guys that, that you looked up to and studied and all that kind of stuff? When, when I was very young and just getting into the prototype team uh, scene Dyson racing was one of the top, top teams there. So uh, James Weaver and Butch Leitzinger and Andy Wallace were like the three main guys at Dyson racing Uh, Dorsey Schroeder also. Um, So Weaver Wallace Leitzinger were big time heroes for me. Tommy Kendall uh, coming just as, as I'm getting in there, as I was getting the formula car was just dominating Trans Am back in the day. And, uh, we met through a mutual friend of ours, a great guy, Bob Coker introduced. I I met Tommy at Long Beach in 96. Uh, we've been buddies since then. Um, a lot of the old school Trans Am guys and a lot of the prototype guys, uh, they, they were just really solid examples, you know, of, uh, you know, like the Didier Tays back in the day when he was in the list of cars. So uh, on the sports car side, I, I was a NASCAR fan since like 82. I only became a sports car fan in like 93. And that was when I started racing sports cars. So I didn't really pay attention to the sports car or IndyCar side of things until probably like 96, 97. The first time I landed at Daytona and, and saw the 24, um, I didn't race it that year. I just saw it. I, I went around with pamphlets handing out like business cards and, and trifold things like I'll drive for, you know, you've done <laughs> stuff that you put on you. Um, and uh, so, yeah, those, those are the guys I would say Weaver, Wallace and Lightsinger, uh, Tommy, for sure, were uh, probably the four guys I looked up to. So big names right there, man. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. And Boris said, yeah. Boris would be another oh, one too. Hunchstuck. Yeah, <laughs> Randy Popes. There's a bunch yeah. of guys, man, I, I learned and, and met as, as I was coming up. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. All right, time to uh, transition to our NASCAR News and Notes segment. Before we do that, though, a reminder what, that uh, Let's Go Racing is presented by Whataburger. Stop by Whataburger for a hot Hearty breakfast in the morning, late or night. They're serving up breakfast from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 
24 hours a day. Dominic Argon has our news and notes. Dominic, it has been uh, an eventful week in the NASCAR world. Where do we start this time? There's so much to impact, out, but we're going to start with our top headline because every week we take a look at our top news and notes, our headlines from across the motorsports industry. Our guy David Starr is at the top of the headlines this week. He revealed his throwback paint scheme for the Darlington <laughs> race. David's going to be throwing it back to Richie Evans, the number 61 stylized font with the Whataburger colors. David, tell us about that paint scheme and tell us about how that's all come together because that's a pretty cool, sweet-looking ride. And if you're watching the YouTube version, you see the paint scheme right now. It's pretty cool. Well, actually, I can't get – I take can't, can't really take the credit on that. Carl Long came to me and said, hey, man, Richie Evans is Richie Evans that. You know, I know Richie Evans. He's from up there around Andy Lally, where Andy Lally was born and raised. Yeah. And, uh, man, he was a king up there. I mean, he won so many modified races. He was the man, you know. And to be able to honor somebody of that stature, it's a, it's a big honor for, for myself, you know. Uh, I mean, to, to you know, it's like, man, you, you want to live up to somebody's image and their winning ways, you know what I mean? It's, it's, a, big, it's a big shoes to fill, but – what an honor it is, and, and I'm thankful to Carl Long, my owner, for bringing that opportunity to us, you know what I mean? So, uh, I'm sure Andy knows all about about him, you know? So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very cool. That car's going to look awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Andy, do you uh, have a favorite throwback that you've done of some sorts over the years? I do. Uh, I ran the 07 Bobby Dodder car. I love the throwback weekend, but I don't get to race at Darlington. So pretty much any time I can ever get into a race and, 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 and have any sort of influence over the, uh, over the scheme, I try to make it uh, uh, a throwback scheme. So I've done two, and they've both been really good results. So uh, I ran an Alan Kowicki throwback wow. in 2017 with the 07 with Bobby Dodder, and we finished fifth at Mid-Ohio with it. And then we ran the 02 – uh, I keep getting these cars with zeros starting them. And uh, I was a huge Mark Martin fan back in the oh, day. Yeah. And so uh, his, the, the stove company that sponsored him back then, we turned the zero two knock around sunglasses uh, car uh, into that, uh, into that paint scheme. And it, it, both of those, we got top fives with both of those. So it's like, I need to run a throwback every single chance I can. And uh, they, that seemed we're a hundred. We've got, we're three for three with throwbacks. Uh, with the two with the O two and one with the O seven, and that O seven looked special, really, really cool. They did a good job on that wrap, and uh, yeah, honoring Kawicki, and uh, and then uh, a throwback to Mark Martin was really cool. Man, that, that's a big deal. I want to say one of my all time favorite throwbacks, and and like you, Andy, I love those throwback weekends. Uh, my hero, my friend, AJ Foyt, Bill, to have a throwback with AJ about. 2013 man that that was really cool and andy speaking of your your buddy mark martin now it's kind of funny i was just sitting here i had some extra pictures on my desk and i was just looking at one in victory lane when i wanted when i won in martinsville years ago one of the first drivers there was mark martin and, and i didn't even know realize i had a picture i was like man that's pretty cool that, mark that is there. awesome i mean he's such a class act great race car driver and man uh what a great guy man so that, that's pretty cool that and, uh, is awesome. Yeah, Dominic, uh, you got any favorite throwbacks? Well, because just like Andy, my favorite driver 
and I know him personally, is Jeff Bodine. I loved when Casey came through it back to him with the all-star racing ride. I believe that was 2015 and then the Levi Garrett paint scheme in 2017. I might be mixing up the years on that. Maybe not, but whenever they throw it back to Jeff Bodine, man, I'm all on board. This Very wasn't, cool. this wasn't a throwback weekend. It was a special event at Daytona and the, uh, I think it was at the time, the nationwide series. I loved when Dale Jr. drove the three Wrangler car to victory lane at Daytona. That yeah, was that, awesome. That, that was, was very cool. Yeah. That was cool. Um, uh, also, uh, on the news and notes side, Dominic, uh, Brad Keselowski getting his first win of the year. What a race on Sunday for him to get that done. Matt DiBenedetto was leading with one to go, and then chaos ensued on the final lap there in overtime. Exactly. Kind of the, the heartbreak kid there for Matt Benedetto over the last couple of years. Great opportunities to potentially win. He's led a lot of laps over the years. Looked like he was a shoe-in to win on Sunday. And the last lap of overtime certainly did away with that. But 10 races in, nine different winners. Martin Truex Jr. is your only repeat winner 10 races this far. David, we were talking, I think, five, six weeks ago. We were saying we could hit that 16-win mark by the time the playoffs start, 26 races in. Do you still think we're going to hit that? I really think, you know, you look at some of the guys in 2021 that hadn't win, you know, Kevin Harvick, uh, Denny Hamlin. Uh, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. I mean, there's just so many. So, I really feel like that we're going to hit that 16 mark before the before the playoffs start, way before the playoffs starts, just because of the a lot of the great teams and the great drivers that haven't won yet, you know. But looking at the Talladega race on Sunday, man, Matty D, dude, man, I, you, know, you know, Andy's been there, I've been there. It's just – sometimes, man, you just make a split decision. And uh, he thought the run was coming from the outside. And, uh, man, he, you make the best guess. And it's just, you know, sometimes you, you just make the wrong wrong move at the wrong time. But, you know, I feel like that Matty D, his win's going to come. His gonna win's going to come this year. He's so close. And, man, I felt for him. You know what I mean? It's like, man, I was cheering for him. Uh, but, man, what an incredible race. It was just a great race. But that's just Daytona and Talladega. You know, you just – you think you're putting yourself in the right position. It just ends up not being the right right move, you know. But Matty D's win's going to come, you know. And, and uh, I'm excited for him. And I'm excited that, that he's driving for the Wood Brothers and, and is going to have a shot at winning the race in 2021. Andy, what would you make of uh, Sunday's race? I am uh, moving, <laughs> so we don't even have cable hooked up yet. I was just scrolling through Twitter and, and, uh, and, and paying attention to where that was. So, unfortunately, one of my favorite races to watch, I didn't get a chance to, uh, to participate uh, in, in viewing this weekend. But I, I was keeping up with all the craziness. Um, I love racing Talladega when I was there. I, I, for years, I've been saying that Keselowski – is the best restrictor plate driver of all time. And I know that's going to burn, 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 burn the ears of some of the Earnhardt fans from back in the day. But Keselowski, in my opinion, is probably the most intelligent driver in the field, just, you know, IQ wise, probably. And he is able to come up with strategies and plans, even in the different forms, whether it's the tandem or back in the day when they first started his first win with Denny, uh, pushing there and you know hooking up and, and learning the push and blowing through the field and then figuring out how to pass that guy that he's been pushing and then when he's in the opposite position uh, a few years later 
where Kyle's pushing him to the line. And as they go into turn three on the white, he dry, he, he jumps down and purposely breaks the draft of the car pushing him instead of waiting until he's a sitting duck at the, at the finish line. And then he weaves back and forth because he knows he learned, he paid attention. He's, he's so good at figuring that stuff out. And then, and then you get to a race like this where maybe, maybe this one, the cards fell the right way. It wasn't like he was super dominant or whatever, but he was in the right place at the right time. And when you do it six times, this was the sixth win tying the greats uh, for, for most wins at Talladega. Uh, and he's still got so many years left in his uh, career. Hopefully uh, I, I think he will prove to be, uh, and it's funny that he hasn't won Daytona yet, but yeah. I, I think he'll get there. And uh, I think we are seeing, a continued process of probably the best restricted plate racer on the planet. Oh yeah. He's uh yeah. he's something special. Brad T is uh, that's for sure. Looking ahead to uh, Kansas this weekend. Uh, guys, I love Kansas Speedway. That's my home track. I'll be there this weekend. Uh, I did get a little jealous. I got invited by NASCAR to be there actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, should be a great race David I'll start with you I know you won't be there this weekend but Kansas has really put on a show with their two dates over the last few years uh, I've, I've been impressed what say you man I, I love racing there it's just man Kansas Speedway it's just man the facilities uh, so much entertainment outside the racetrack but for a racetrack as a racer I mean you race on the bottom you race in the middle you're up on the wall I mean, we've seen some tremendous races there, Xfinity Series, uh, Cup Series, Truck Series. I think the way the racetrack, the the way the banking, the progressive banking, and just how the racetrack has aged since it's been built, man, it just creates great racing. You know, I love racing there because, I, man, I like to run fast on the bottom, but as you, you lose your, your, fuel, your fuel load, and your tires were out, man. You're up on the wall, and man, you can you you know you get your car to rotate in the center, and you got some good momentum. I mean, it's just it's a fun racetrack, you know. So I'm always excited if I'm not racing there to watch the races that are going to be there. And this weekend, the truck race and the cup race, man, we think Talladega was Talladega was exciting. We're going to see another exciting race at Kansas. I just love the design of the racetrack, the layout, it creates great racing. Andy, uh, what do you think of uh, Kansas Speedway? I, I only got to race Kansas three times, once in the truck, twice in cup. But what I, what I liked about it was it, it's, you don't, it's not as banked as a, as a Charlotte or an Atlanta or anything like that, but it, it races a little bit better because you don't have that massive transition in the one or, or in the three there. And like David was saying – once the tires were out, that's the one of the things. I remember. The, the groove got really wide, and it was fun. And without that banking the flight in, there's a lot more of, of, um, of a racing opportunity there. So where you can spread out on entry, and you, you, know, you, can, you can really drive it in and let it float up the track, or you can kind of back it off and ride that high line. And you can crisscross. I, 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 it's not a good comparison to Homestead, but uh, like it, it, it drives sort of like that where you get so many grooves going back and forth that uh, like Dave said, the racing is always good there. It's fun without that much banking. Uh, it's kind of medium amount of banking. It, it, it creates, it creates a, a real good opportunity for uh, different, different cars going at it. Dominic, you know, Dominic, Dominic, we've had a lot of good memories in Kansas over the years. 
In fact, that's where I met Tyler for the first time in 2014. We're both college students in the media center. We somehow made our way out there to the media center as 19 and 20 year olds. And yeah, the barbecue sauce too. And the barbecue joints in Kansas city, always a good time out there, but I always enjoy making that trek in October, trying to make it out to a May race here pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's go around the room real quick, uh, with uh, some picks for Sunday. Uh, Give me one name. I'll go Chase Elliott. He's won at Kansas before. Reigning Cup champ. Yet to get in victory lane in 2021. I think Chase Elliott gets it done on Sunday. Uh, Dominic, let's go to you. Who do you like? Oh, kid took the words right out of my mouth. I'm going to say Chase Elliott as well. Okay. How about you, Andy? I'll go with Truex. I think we're going to see him come on form and – and be one of the first guys to start running away with some some wins here. I'm I'm hoping there's 15 or 16 guys that win this year. I think we're going to just start to see a few of them start to kind of separate themselves from the field, and I think Truex is going to be one of them. Okay, David, how about you? Kevin Harvick. Um, I just to, – to run so good last year, you know, that Stuart Haas organization and just all the knowledgeable people and just everything that team has, I'm just waiting – kind of what Andy was saying, you know, they're going to break out and want a race soon. You know, it's, uh, it's so surprising to me how strong they were last year to win nine races and to mess the, to mess the chase after winning nine races. I just, you know, there's so much knowledge. There's so much passion. Uh, you know, there's a lot of competition, but I just, man, I'm just waiting on Harvick to have a breakout race, you know, and I'm just thinking, the next race, the next race, you know, you know, what's going to happen. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm going to put my money with Kevin Harvin. Okay. There you go. There's our picks uh, for this weekend. Final segment before we get out of here today is our Ask David segment. We ask you to submit questions to us on Facebook, Twitter, and by email. You can find us facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and by email at David Star Podcast at gmail.com. And this segment brought to you by Whataburger. Don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served, hot, and prepared just like you like it. Want jalapenos and cheese on that? No problem. They've got you covered. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh, 24 hours a day. Uh, first question in the inbox. This comes from Stephen. This one's to Andy. And uh, Stephen wants to know, Andy, uh, it's a, a two-part question, and it is uh, – how often, Andy, do people get you mixed up with Rick Allen? And how many people but how often do people butcher your last name? Uh, I have never had a Rick Allen uh, uh, confusion. Uh, I get Andy <laughs> Pilgrim a lot. We both did some GM stints there. So people, I've literally had people, I've been wearing my suit with Andy Lally on the belt. And someone has come up to me and asked for an autograph. And then while I'm signing, they tell me how much they love the Cadillac. And I, and I look up, and I'm like, I never drove the Cadillac. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, this with Angelelli. And I'm like, you're thinking Andy Pilgrim. That happens twice a year, without a doubt, all the time. It's, it's insane how, how often that happens. Uh, the second question, I forgot it. What was it? Uh, how, often, <laughs> how often do people butcher your last name? Oh, uh, uh often fairly often it's uh fairly often i get my my name lolly most of the time i just i I try to simplify it it's it's like valley but with an l uh yeah l-a-l-l-y andy lally racing if you follow me on instagram or just andy lally on twitter by the way 
He, he, I can see the, uh, the, the Rick Allen comparison, though, guys. <laughs> really? I, I, yeah, yeah. I guess. I can see it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> maybe that's funny. Maybe now, maybe now I'll hear about it. Maybe as I'm uh, as I'm getting a little older, I'm 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 changing shape here. <laughs> okay. The uh, next question in the inbox. This one comes from uh, Bill. Bill wants to know. Hey guys, uh, with Andy being the big road course guy he is, what is your favorite current road course on the NASCAR schedule? Question for both of you. We'll start with Andy. Hands down, without a doubt, it's Watkins Glen. Uh, VIR is a close second. I, I really hope they get a NASCAR date soon for, for trucks or for Xfinity uh, before the cup deal starts. But uh, Watkins Glen forever, hands down. There's no hairpins. I can't stand hairpins. They should be illegal. Every corner should be fast, and that's Watkins Glen. How about you, David? What's your favorite road course? Well, man, I'd have to say Watkins Glen. You know, uh, growing up as a kid, kind of like what Andy was talking about earlier, you know, when, when, when on Sundays, you know, after I've been racing my dirt car Saturday night, you turn on that ESPN, and it's Watkins Glen, you know what I mean? And, uh, but, man, the races they've had there and the battles I've seen at that racetrack. Uh, and then finally, you know, uh, when, you, when you're when you so thankful and blessed to get the opportunity to go for there for the first time in race. But, man, that is – there's no other road course out there like Watkins Glen, you know. And uh, my second best one is Mid-Ohio. I kind of like Mid-Ohio. It's different, very technical, you know. And uh, so uh, Watkins Glen would be number one. Mid-Ohio would be second. And uh, – you know, hearing Andy talk, some of these other road courses uh, I've never been to before, but those, those, you know, Watkins Glen is my favorite, and Mid-Ohio is my second. You know, both great racetracks. Road, road America is also another great one. It races really well, and uh, it's a very tricky lap to get right. So uh, that's, that's another one at the top, uh, and really cool to see Cup going there this year. Yeah. Dominic, what's your favorite road course? I think just because I've been there, and it's the only road course I've been to, at least for a cup race weekend, Sonoma Raceway. Well, I've been to the Roval, too. I don't know if we're going to count Charlotte and Roval. Sonoma's a pretty cool little trip. Wine country. I mean, Andy, what was your 2011 experience out there like at Sonoma or the times you've run the cup race out there? Did you get to have some fun, go sightseeing? It was horrible. Uh, <laughs> we, I was so again back, back then. There was only there was Watkins Glen and Sonoma on the schedule. So there was the only two places that I'd ever been before um, were those two road courses. And uh, we went out there, and on the very first pit stop, they dropped the jack. I dropped the clutch, and I dropped the axle right out the backside oh, of the no. car. And so we spent like forty minutes in the garage fixing whatever the heck got twisted up there. So, unfortunately, my one and only cup start at Sonoma um, ended with a broken axle on the first pit stop. So, um, we, uh, we, uh, I, I love the area. I'm a skateboarder, so anytime I get to go to the West Coast, I, I bring my gear with me and I go skate. And I've, I've actually started from Sonoma and driven all the way down the coast, taking the one through Santa Cruz, um, all the way down uh, – all the way down to uh, to LA and 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 just stopped at all the coolest Santa Barbara stopped at all the coolest skate parks along the way. So awesome. I love my West Coast trips. Awesome man, man. I, I would say for me, you know, if I got to go on historical precedent, you know, Watkins Glen's provided the most exciting races, but 
I'm looking forward to Dakota. I mean, the challenge it's going to be for those drivers and see how difficult it is. I'm all for it. Give them hell. Let's have a great show. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be wild. It will absolutely be wild. It will frustrate a lot of drivers and it is tricky. And it's, uh, I, without having all three series there, it's going to make for quite an amazing highlight reel. Yeah. All I can say, there's one word I got challenging, challenging, challenging. It's hard. And and myself, I'll be there reaching out to Andy with some help, help. (laughs) Oh yeah, buddy. I'll hook you up with some notes. Uh, And, uh, and real quick too, guys, uh, with F1 announcing that they're going to have, the U.S. Grand Prix in Miami and the Coda race being in doubt in the future for F1, there's a real opportunity, it seems, for NASCAR at Coda to really establish, kind of take over that place. Uh, is, is that what you're thinking here, Andy, too? I think they got a chance. Um, I can't see Coda not bending over backwards to do every single thing that they can to keep F1 there. It will be their bread and butter. Um, for uh, a, a quite a bit at least until they realize that the fans that are going to show up for the NASCAR race, are gonna, it's going to be even better and more packed because NASCAR is way better than F1. So <laughs> <laughs> There'll be actual passing going on at Coda instead of just driving through pit lane. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, man, we get it real here, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man, that's awesome. What was it that Ricky Bobby said to John Gerard? Uh, you know, former Un. Uh, we 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 drive with fenders around here. You know, we, we, we flies, You know, yeah. And then you knock them off. You're gonna knock Absolutely. a lot of fenders off at Coda, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, that is a good place to end today's show, Andy. We appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, tell us where people can find you and follow all that you got going on, man. I am. On, uh, I'm going to be doing the rest of the IMSA championship. I'm going to be doing part-time in NASCAR. I'll be Andy Lally at, on Twitter. That's L-A-L-L-Y. And then Andy Lally Racing on Instagram. Instagram is the best way to follow me. My, 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 my Twitter, I guess. I'll keep you guys posted on that. But there's more shenanigans on my Instagram. <laughs> Very cool. David, what's uh, this week look like for you with a few days off uh, as you guys aren't racing at Kansas and Xfinity? Man, spending a little time working in my yard. Uh, I got one meeting this weekend. Going to take my boys. We're going to go to the Texas Motor Speedway. I spent a couple days out there watching the Indy cars run and just uh, uh, catch up being a dad and a husband. You know what I mean? So a lot of exciting stuff with the family this weekend. Mixed with some cool different type of racing. So uh, fun weekend to have a weekend off with the family. Dominic, what's going on with the racing experts this week? We'll continue to keep the fans of the sport informed with what's going on in the sport and all around the industry. I got to give a shout out to, I know he's listening. He's been one of our longtime staff writers, Jonathan Field. He graduates from Mankato University upcoming in May with his degree in communication and journalism. Jonathan, we're all proud of you here. So we're really excited for you and can't wait for the next chapter for you. But have to give him a shout out. We'll continue to cover the sport and look for continuing to look for some giveaways. If you'd like to win some NASCAR autograph memorabilia relics all you got to do is just follow us along on twitter at the racing r-a-c-n experts all right guys what about you man what's going on uh i will be uh holding down the fort at kansas speedway this weekend i'll wear my bright water burger orange i'll, I'll represent <laughs> crowd uh take advantage of my invite from nascar to be there so. <laughs> 
It'll, it'll be a good time to be covering that. And, uh, of course, on social media, Tyler Jones Live on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that. I'll have updates throughout the weekend. So should be a lot of fun, boys. I'm looking forward to it. we got to go. Make sure to subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Uh, like our posts on YouTube. We certainly would appreciate that. Share with a friend or two or 50. We would love to hear from you. Uh, also, uh, on, a social, on the social media accounts, facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and email David Star Podcast at gmail.com. We will put the checkered flag out on this episode. Next week, the one and only Mario Andretti joins us as we kick off an exciting month of May here on Let's Go Racing. We will see you then. For David Starr, Dominic Argon, and Andy Lally, I'm Tyler Jones saying so long. This has been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next week.